Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Okay, well, it's time to start another session of Crypto You Say. Uh, we're glad to be here on a uh, uh, bright and shiny, sometime rainy day on Tuesday. And uh, we're uh, excited today uh, because uh, this is Crypto Donnie and Blockchain, blockchain Brandon. <laughs> Over there somewhere. Sometimes we have to poke blockchain to get him going. Uh, but we do. And then today we're excited and I'm going to let uh, uh, blockchain uh, introduce him. Uh, but we got a special guest uh, all the way from Trinidad, Tobago. Uh, and so we're looking forward to talking to him. So why don't you introduce him, blockchain? Oh, um, you, you bet, Crypto Donnie. This, you know, unlike our normal episodes, we want to get right into the meat and potatoes, right? And, and we're super blessed and uh, to have Mr. Michael Amon, uh, who's going to share his journey into in crypto, and Michael, he's you know he's got a really cool, unique background in in uh, computer uh, in in technology. He's very very um, uh, smart when it comes to that. Uh, the the guru of Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, anyway, just a super guy, great teacher, great educator. Uh, I've listened to many of his uh, trainings. And uh, he can really, he's just so meticulous. And uh, I wish this was uh, uh, audio or video, rather, because you could really see just how how amazing this guy is. But we've got him here through the audio. And all the way from the beautiful Caribbean, uh, Trinidad, Tobago, we're going to bring on Mr. Michael Amon. And Michael, why don't you say hi to everybody? We're so excited you're here. Hello to everyone. And welcome to the call. Uh, so great to be here, and I, I really appreciate you inviting me on tonight. <laughs> you bet, you bet, man. We we're just you know thrilled to, to well number one with this podcast to be able to you know get the word out. You know we just like to mm -hmm. to have a conversation with folks. You know and mm -hmm. and and pick on pick with work with people that are, you know, maybe they've been in the crypto space or blockchain space for a while. Maybe they haven't. They, they don't know how to spell, you know, cryptocurrency, whatever it is. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. We just want people, everyday people, to learn that, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, I could mm -hmm. get involved, you know. So that's kind of mm -hmm. why we like to have guests on every now and then who can share their journey, share their story, share uh, mm -hmm. You know, maybe a project they're working with right now that they're excited about, or maybe more than one project. You know, that's, <laughs> basically the floor is yours, Michael. So uh, take it away, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. No problem. Will do. I, and uh, I, I may just comment there that uh, you may say the floor is mine, but I see no floor in your introduction. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you got yeah. you got me there. <laughs> yes. All right. So, I mean, um, one thing that everyone of well, all walks of life will need to have would be, of course, uh, one of the primary things that we all need to do would be to support ourselves and to support our families. And the means to do so, of course, in terms of the unit of trade would be uh, some form of money, some form of assets, some form of, of means to ensure that we can see about our families, ourselves, our families, and those to come. The challenge, of course, that many of us face, and the, the, the common person may not understand uh, blockchain and mempool and so on, but they do understand the price of goods. Right in my own life, and I can speaking about journeys. Yep, I remember uh, that um, my parents are always talking about when they were starting out, they could go into a shop with five dollars and uh, they would not have enough space to put the amount of things they can get. Right, wow, <laughs> wow. and today, of course, things are different. I remember saying at one time that, um when I, when, I, uh, re- when I retire, or rather when I start to work, I would like one day to get a million dollars. In those days, in my country, one million dollars could get you a very nice piece of property, as well as vehicles, and this is property with swimming pool and vehicles and all appliances, and still have enough for travel and everything else. Uh, oh. Today, $1 million would not even get you the house. You just get the land, wow. <laughs> right? So, right? So when we talk about setting our goals, and many times when we're talking about um, um, financial planning for the future, and you have a particular figure in mind, the main flaw, coming back to that word flaw again, uh, in that <laughs> plan is that um, many times that figure only applies to that point in time. When you get to the future, the purchasing power of that figure is much less. And, you know, when I got to discover this, I said, wow, you mean to say that if I were to save in the bank or if I were to save for these policies, then um, with the rate of inflation and with the rate of rise in prices, I am actually losing money, even though they say I'm getting (laughs) I am mm. losing. Yep. So I started to look for something that would um, would retain the purchasing power of whatever I try to save. And I looked around at different financial instruments and anything that was based on the dollar made no sense. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> then I came Speaking across... Our language. Some, yep. So then I came across a guy named Mike Maloney. Right? And another guy mm-hmm. named uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And they, they spoke about um, they spoke about the difference between money and currency. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, the things, the, the properties of money would have, uh, you know, the certain things that money has that currency does not have. And that is to have um, uh, a store of value. And at that time, I was introduced to like gold and silver, which were, you know, uh, these were things that would, the, the, the value was intrinsic in the product itself. It's not mm-hmm. like paper money because the value of paper is nothing. 
the value of what is inscribed and the purchasing power of it is based on what is printed on it, but paper itself is nothing. The value of gold is based on the gold itself. Yep. And then with that, I got exposed to gold and silver, platinum, and other forms of uh, people will say commodities. There's a difference between commodities in terms of uh, where you're trading against the value of something versus actually owning them, though. Okay. Yeah. So around that, so so I did start to get more serious about gold and those types of products and to let people be aware of it as well. 20, uh, 2018, 2019, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, actually it was about 2013, 20. 2012, 2013, 2014. Now, in parallel, while I was, I, I actually had studied some uh, finance and accounts and so on as part of my MBA, but my main degree, my bachelor's degree, was in, of course, <laughs> uh, computer engineering. I did computer and electrical engineering, and I had a fascination for all things technology. In fact, my, uh, my code name is the computer guy. <laughs> People mm-hmm. call me the computer guy. And I saw where my parts were actually merging. There was this thing called Bitcoin, and there's this thing called a cryptocurrency. And I, you know, there were a lot of developments taking place in the tech world at the time, and Bitcoin was one of them. I thought, this is interesting. Electronic money. Hmm. How does this differ from uh, like credit cards and so on? So at the time, I didn't pay much attention to it. Uh, that was in... <laughs> 2009, 2010, as the case may be. And there was there were times when I could have gotten some, and I didn't. Of course, I'm crying today. <laughs> Aren't <laughs> yeah. we all? Because, and, and, yeah, at that, it, it, it were, there were about 10 cents, 50 cents, um, uh, $2, $10, $50. Uh, I say, this is an interesting technology, but I was working on other things. But my eyes opened in 2017 because in 2017, the price of one Bitcoin surpassed the price of one ounce of gold. Mm. It shot past it like a freight train. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, what is happening here? At the start of 2017, the price of one Bitcoin was less than $1,000. By the end of 2017, it was close to $17,000. Wow. And gold was still less than $2,000 at that time. So it was like, whoa, what's going on here? And um, so people started to pay more attention to crypto. It got everybody's attention, including mine. And that's when I started to um, look at crypto, the properties of crypto, how does it function as a source of uh, a, a unit of exchange, and the other properties of money, other people doing studies of, of that and comparing it to gold. And uh, that's when I really started to get more involved in cryptocurrency. The project I was working on uh, actually uh, allowed us to start to look at Ethereum. We had a token that was based on the Ethereum blockchain. What is Ethereum? How does that compare to, to Bitcoin? And I started to look at the comparisons between the both and I started to understand the concept of blockchain and having tokens on a blockchain. Right and and in alignment with that, the different countries that were facing challenges and are speaking from an international perspective, uh, every country you may visit, you would normally have to declare uh, how much you're leaving with, how much you're entering with, and so on. 
as part of your travel plan or yep. what or your passport or your immigration as the case may be. Yep. Because the currencies are usually the properties of the government of whichever country you're entering, right? But cryptocurrency is not owned by any government. And it's accessible. There's no controls. It was not regulated. And I know there's work on trying to get it regulated now. But one of the things about it, it made it easy for people to exchange from one country to another. And they can easily convert it back to whatever their own currencies are. So it created some freedoms where there were some restrictions in the traditional fiat world. So these are the things that uh, really got some people's attention. And in, in, uh, in our country, it started to get some pretty good attention as well. But the other challenge came um, in terms of, all right, so we're getting crypto, people are learning how to trade crypto, that people started to offer courses on not just what is crypto, but it started to extend to how do you trade with crypto? How do you invest with crypto? And so on. So it started to specialize. And uh, I got exposed to all of that. And many people started to enter businesses and Instead of asking for a credit card payment and, you know, you have the problems with chargebacks and problems to get foreign currency, uh, companies started to, to say, hey, you can start in our business by use, by paying with cryptocurrency. And that said, whoa, okay, that's cool. Um, and then the whole problem of people not getting paid in certain countries because, you know, they can't get credit cards or whatever the case may be. People get, get paid in crypto as well. So then the challenge became, how do I convert um, my crypto to my local currency? Yep. And um, we started to look for different products. I personally started to look for different products for, for my country as well in receiving crypto. Uh, well, sorry, the challenges in getting uh, certain credit or debit cards. And then I came across a particular project that fit the gap, that stood in the gap and made it possible for people to not just get crypto and to be onboarded in this space, but also when they get crypto to convert it back to US dollars, right? Yep. But um, yeah, it was an interesting journey to go from where I was to this. Um, <laughs> so um, the, the project is, well, there's a platform called GS Lifestyle, which allows persons to um, to get a debit card. It comes with a U.S. account, right? So persons can simply load funds into their U.S. account and they can get crypto. It is in a fully regulated environment, which means that uh, the, the service provider has been operating since 2008 and uh, they provide um, a crypto wallet. They also allow persons to get multiple uh, fiat currency wallets as well, and they allow persons to have a debit card and a bunch of other things, you know, like gift cards, travel services, and so on. So this made it possible for persons who needed crypto and they wanted to convert it back to cash. They have cash and they want to get crypto. 
or they may want to send cash from one person to another, crypto from one person to another, really a lot of stuff in one product, right? So and that basically brought me to where I am today. And I actually got so involved in a project that I actually wrote a manual for it as well to help people to get on board. <laughs> and um, that's some of what Adobe has been referring to. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, you wrote a manual? Good grief. Yep. <laughs> that, is, because, that is awesome. Yeah, I noted that um, for many, many platforms, many of us don't read too much anymore, right? They just go to a platform and they try to start to use it and then they get confused, all right? Now, you will find, uh, I noticed in the, in the bookshelves, you would have books on, on how to use eBay, how to use Amazon, how to bid on eBay, things like that which uh, would take newbies because as, as, as popular as cryptocurrency has become, do you know that less than 5% of the world's population know what crypto is? Yep. I still meet people on the street, they have no idea what cryptocurrency is. People still ask me, what is Bitcoin? Yep. <laughs> right? when, if you were to spend yep. on forums such as this and this podcast, I'm sure some people would have a passing interest, but when you go on the street, there's still people who don't understand it. You know, yeah, I had. Oh, I had we somebody, find that all the time. Yeah, I had somebody today that I was talking to, and the first one I mentioned blockchain, and they said, "I've heard of that, but I have no idea what it is." Is is that mean yeah. you work with blocks, and what do you do with blocks? It's <laughs> like okay, <laughs> back to playing blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 correct, and that's what makes it easy for um. The, the, the project that I looked at to help a lot of people. And uh, while I mention it as a project, you know, people may say, you know, oh, you're promoting one particular business. I would say, well, no. What we have is a tool that helps people in many different businesses. Just yesterday, someone was telling me they were working on another project and they get crypto and um, they found that this is helping them to spend the crypto that they earn. Yep. Somebody else says, Foreign exchange trading. They may trade the Forex markets. This is not even in crypto. But they're looking for a way to, to have uh, the, the, the funds that they make deposited in an account where they can send it to family, friends, or even to purchase crypto with it, or even to put it on a debit card. And the product does that too. Right? So, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, Joe BA, myself, you know, other team members, while many people in a company, you know, they behave as if that's the, that's the only important thing and nothing else is important. We understand that when you're dealing with crypto and when you're dealing with uh, the blockchain space, there are many projects out there. And what we look at is more tools to help uh, provide some synergy to make things more efficient and to make doing things more effective, you know? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, one of, one of the challenges... One of the challenges I kind of went through when I first got into it back in 2020 was uh, I would find altcoins that I wanted to buy, and I had it, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd spend a whole day trying to find a platform someplace to where I could buy it. Then I'd find the platform. Then I had yeah. to go find the what of uh, what currency they or coin they you would let me use to mm -hmm. buy that coin. And, and it, it was, mm -hmm. it was maddening trying to figure out. And now I've got 15 or 20 different exchanges I'm on. And I don't even remember what I've got on them for. 
at this point in time because it was a coin. Yeah. It's a speculative <laughs> coin. And that's what's really excited me about this whole our whole platform is the fact that I can do ninety percent of everything I want to do in one place. In one place. That's that's correct. When you need to get um, to put this crypto, you go on one platform. When you need to liquidate it, sometimes you go on another platform. When you need to to make uh, debit card purchases, you go on another platform. And, you know, it's platform to platform to platform when everything can be done in one place. And that's one of the things that has been very helpful. And the product is also evolving. Recently, you know, a lot of persons are doing transactions with... Um, not just with the Bitcoin blockchain, and we're talking about blockchains here. Yep. <laughs> you have the Bitcoin blockchain, you have the Ethereum blockchain. The Ethereum blockchain has uh, multiple uh, tokens that are associated with it. You have the BAT for those who, who use the Brave browser. You have um, Tether, which is the uh, US, which is tied to the US dollar, uh, not based on demand and supply. <laughs> The yep. crypto demand and supply that is ERC20. And we also have the Tron blockchain. Now, the Tron blockchain also has a Tether uh, token on it. And, um, you know, persons who have Tether, whether ERC based or TRC based, I know I'm talking a little techy here, uh, they, they have to look to different exchanges to see how they can convert that to their, to, back to local currencies. And in some platforms, they would have limitations, how much you can convert at one time. And you may have to wait a day or two days. Here in the, the platform that we have, uh, you can convert it all within the same day. In fact, within the same hour. <laughs> yep. You get, the, you get the crypto and you can convert it from one form to another. And sometimes you just wait five minutes and you have it right there. Everything in the same platform. Really convenient. And we, we have yeah. other blockchain projects that will be added, being added to it soon. Yeah, and that's... Well, that's for, exciting. So this, this project that you're on uh, sounds a lot like uh, one we've heard of, Donnie, uh, Lydian World yeah. <laughs> and the G999 project. Yeah. What, what's another, um, what's another uh, uh, attribute of Lydian World, Michael, that just uh, jumps out and, and fires you up? Besides, you know, it's an all-in-one place, but is there any other aspect about it? Well, there is one of the interesting things where actually those two projects sort of meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. One of the things about the Lydian world is that uh, we're dealing with another rising uh, trend. It's just as how Bitcoin was rising in interest in 2017. You have uh, a huge, a huge interest in metaverses. Uh, that has taken place within the last year, two years. Uh, the, the metaverse is so huge that there are some companies that even change their name <laughs> to include mm. the word meta in it, right? One of them mm-hmm. being Facebook, right? Yep. Now owned by meta. Yep. yep. And uh, the project that we have, well, as you mentioned, Lydian World, is also a part of the metaverse. It's an implementation of the metaverse as well. So, um, citizenships in countries and any economic activity in that country is monetized, including, guess what? Ta-da, ta-da, the GS lifestyle. Yep. So when people <laughs> use the GS lifestyle and they are registered in specific countries, then persons who are citizens in that country in the metaverse will get 
a portion of the transaction fees every time the card is used. Wow. So if you have a country in Trinidad and Tobago, or let's say in Texas, because there is a place for people to get citizenship in Texas, and you have, let's say, 100 people, 1,000 people using their card. Wow, if you're a citizen in Texas, in the metaverse, you're getting commissions from GS Lifetime as well. So it's a way to integrate, uh, as you talk about, uh, economic economic activities, the movement of money. You say when money moves, that's when, that's when wealth gets accumulated, right? And we have lots of movement taking place in the Libyan world. And GS Lifetime is just another component of that whole system. Yeah, it's one of the tools that yeah. helps facilitate that uh, whole platform. So, uh, because you have to be able to get in, get out, and exchange. Uh, so, all of those aspects yep. of it uh, is now mm-hmm. I can benefit from it. I can utilize the, the services. I can also make a, a, mm-hmm. some more passive income source. So, uh, that the whole my goal with being involved in these projects is passive income. How many different sources of passive mm-hmm. income can I create? Yep, yep, yep. And and with the religion yep. world, among the different sources, we also have uh, there is a meta broker. Meta, everything is meta, as I said before. Yep. So before you say you would have a, a broker, you have mining, you have trading. Here we have. Guess what? <laughs> Meta broker, meta. Yep. And the earnings that you get, you can easily again offload that on the GS Lifestyle card. It's all integrated, it's all synergistic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And it really helps to facilitate what I started talking about uh, the ability for persons to hold wealth uh, that is, that is um, basically. Um, I wouldn't say inflation-proof, but it basically helps persons to to um, to store wealth with passive income and basically manage and meet that inflation thing that we spoke about. So that the value of what we have, if you have passive income coming in all the time, and uh, the, it overcomes the rate of inflation because the value changes, we're not given promises, we don't know what the market future is, but we have a whole system that can help people not just accumulate wealth, but to manage the storage and spending and earning and sharing, all of that. <laughs> I like that, how you said a storage of wealth and how yep. it's not necessarily inflation-proof, just like a, an apartment building. If you own an apartment building, it's, it's not necessarily inflation-proof, but it's a storage of wealth that produces assets upon assets upon assets. And when people, when that clicks, you know, when it, when it's easier and simpler, uh, mass adoption is going to occur, right? And that's why, that's why we're excited about the GS Lifestyle MasterCard, you know, system that's a part of this project. So when, you know, this whole, the whole um, concept is education. You know, we're, we're, um, we're not financial advisors, you know, we're not. Uh, financial accountants or, or, or tax attorneys or anything like that. And most of those are all tied to the dollar system. You know, yep. we're, we are ambassadors of hope and opportunity, you know, in this <laughs> new, whole new financial literacy journey that we're in. So I, I, that's, that's the road I want to go down. And, and Michael, I'm, 
I'm uh, it's been great listening to to hearing about what you do. Tell us something about Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, you know what's something exciting <laughs> down there that's going on, and where someone might be going, man, I want to go, I want to go visit down there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, of course, Trinidad is a lovely place, and I would, and I, I must say that I love the way you pronounce the sister island of Tobago. There's some people who say Tobago, but it is really Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Well, well, good, I got well, that right. Yeah, and we learned that we learned that from you, Michael. That's I always called it Tobago before <laughs> I met you, and now I know the real name. <laughs> yeah, and and I think some of that may have may actually come, and of course, this is just education here. Um, we live in next to South America, which is has a, a heavy Latin American population. And in Latin America, the A is pronounced A. Mm-hmm. So when a mm-hmm. Spanish when a Spanish speaking person or Latin American talks about Tobago, they'll say Tobago, right? But uh, but if but you know that uh, for for example, similar to the you don't say bacon, you say bacon, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about who you eat. And you, and you don't say Winnebago, you say it's a Winnebago, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool one. That's good. That's a yeah. concept there. Yeah, that's like right. being. That's like so we being. are a twin island republic. Yeah. So it's the closest island to Latin America, and it's the furthest, furthest island of the, the, the most southerly island of the Caribbean chain. So we get exposed yeah. to. On, we have the Atlantic Ocean, and we're also exposed to the Caribbean Sea. So we have lovely beaches, and then we have rough waters as well. We are the birthplace of Calypso. People hear about Ooh. Calypso music. People may hear about um, Who Let the Dogs Out, mm-hmm. that song. <laughs> yep. Right? Yeah. That song, actually, yeah, it was originated here. People may hear about the steel pan. Some may call it the steel drum. That was an instrument that was in- invented in our country as well. Anytime you hear steel pan music, Wow. Oh, you, wow. Would, you think about Trinidad and, and Tobago, all right? So the, the, the culture that we have, um, the, it was originally an, an uh, English colony, but it was fought over its history from the Spanish, from the Dutch, from the English, and the Portuguese. And, of wow. course, you would have had the, the indigenous peoples here as well. So when you move around the country, you would hear name places from different uh, countries as well, uh, like San Fernando. San Fernando sounds like a Spanish name, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. You have Port of Spain. You have Blanchichez, which is, sounds like French, right? San Grande, which is Spanish. The, the names of places are uh, multicultural as well. And the people, uh, we have people from East India. We have people from of African descent, we have people from Syrian descent. It's a cosmopolitan mix of people. And of course, that translates to one thing that is near and dear to many people's hearts, food. <laughs> yes. Tell when us you, about when you, good food. <laughs> yes. When you have such a rich cultural mix of ethnicities and peoples and so on, you also have a rich of access to different types of food. We have what we call a street food called a double. It's something that looks like uh, maybe that, like a thick uh, um, taco, but the top, the, 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 what you put inside would be chickpeas, 
mixed with curry and stuff like that. This is really a delicious dish. Wow. We also have uh, things that you do with uh, spinach. Uh, we have Creole foods. We have Spanish foods. We have Chinese foods. We have, you think about it, we have it. Wow. Um, and, the, and, we, and we also have, uh, in addition to the Calypso and the steel pan, we have the carnival. Something like what uh, the, you have people parading in costumes and so on and once a year. Uh, similar to what they see in, in New Orleans, they would have Mardi Gras. Yeah. Right? Some concepts of that are taking place in our country as well. So in terms of education, right, we have the universities here that uh, a lot of people come to. So when you think about education, the culture, the entertainment, the food, it is really a lovely place to come and visit. And one of my fellow country members would always uh, refer to here as paradise for people to come and visit paradise. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> Yeah, so are yeah. you born and raised there? Born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago. That's correct. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I think we've uh, uh, yeah. come to the end of our allotted time. What a great time, Michael. I really appreciate you joining us today and uh, the conversation and uh, learning more about Trinidad Tobago. Mm hmm. No, okay. Oh, thank you very much. And oh, how time can fly when you're having fun. That's right. That's right. That, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Why don't you, Joby, why don't yeah. you wrap us up with a little <laughs> motivational something and uh, and send us off into the you bet, crypto, you bet. You crypto say you spear. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, yes, I want to say thanks again to Michael for joining us. Um, you know, it's more than blockchain, right? We, we got to learn a little bit about geography as well and, and your beautiful country. So uh, appreciate you being on there. So I'll leave it with this, guys and gals, till we meet again. Perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. And that was from Coach Vince Lombardi. And I think we caught some excellence today with Michael Lamont being on the show. So I appreciate you appreciate you, Crypto Donnie, and uh, we'll see everybody on the next one. Yes, adios, y'all. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Appreciate being on the call. Okay. Goodbye. Bye bye. Well, that was fun. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.